Good morning. It's good to see you all here. I want to thank those who led our prayers this morning. There is nothing more encouraging to someone who's about to deliver a sermon than an appeal to God to be with the speaker, to give him a ready recollection, and to have the audience receive the message that God would have them receive. That gives me a sense of power and a sense of somebody watching my back because I know that if I preach the word of the Lord, that there is no power on earth that can stop its message from reaching you. Today, we're talking about frog kissing. Once upon a time, there was a princess. While playing near a pond one day, she met a frog and struck up a conversation. It's a fairy tale. Frogs can talk. What the princess didn't know was that the frog was really a prince who was under a curse. What comes next varies depending on whether you listen to the Brothers Grimm or Disney. The story that I grew up with says that the princess kisses the frog, he becomes a prince, she marries the prince, and that they ride off into the sunset and live happily ever after. Most of us grew up with that story. Now, as a kid, the thought of kissing a frog always made me more than a little queasy. However, as I was reading the story to my kids, it occurred to me that frog kissing is actually an important part of what it means to be a Christian. You see, frog kissing is at its heart an act of faith. It reflects the understanding that the best and most promising parts of some people, including our family members, our friends, fellow members of the congregation, can sometimes be hidden. It, is in, it involves a willingness to act in a way that helps bring out the best in them. Just as the princess took a chance and helped the frog become a prince, we need to help bring out the royalty in those around us. So how exactly do you go about kissing a frog? Well, first you have to be willing to touch one. The idea doesn't impress most people. As a matter of fact, you don't see people lining up for the opportunity. Frog kissing in a Christian sense means mastering our first impulse to avoid those who make us uncomfortable or upset, whether through their appearance, their behavior, their personality, their beliefs, or their lifestyles. Christ shows us that frog kissing requires an open mind and an open heart. Look at how he treated Zacchaeus. If you've got your Bibles with you, turn to Luke chapter 12. And if you don't, there's a Bible in front of you. Grab it and turn to Luke chapter 12. I'm going to be reading Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. This is the story of Zacchaeus. Luke 12, 1 through 8. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to the be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. 
Zacchaeus was clearly a frog, and, and not just a frog, a very, very slimy frog, based on the nature of his, his living and the wealth that he had acquired and the manner of acquiring that wealth. He's the type of guy you just don't want to touch without washing your hands. Everyone knew it. They were all upset that Jesus was going home with this guy. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Jesus, in touching the life of the frog Zacchaeus, found a prince. He understood that it occasionally takes kissing a frog. Frog kissing also means remembering that everyone has worth. I struggle with this in my life. Will Rogers once said he never met a man he didn't like. Now, I don't generally dislike people, but I find it shamefully easy to be impatient with or entirely dismissive of those who, for one reason or another, don't meet up to my standard, who don't make the grade. All too often, I have a tendency to write off people who are not well off, not as well educated, not as sophisticated, not as virtuous, not as valuable as I am. When I forget that every person was paid for with the blood of Jesus Christ, I usually stop being Christ-like. There's a price associated with that type of behavior. Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 and 22 says, You have heard it said that to the people long ago, Do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment as well. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Racha, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in dangers of the fires of hell. It's a matter of attitude. It's about how we look at each other. People can usually tell when someone is in, has a genuine concern for their well-being. Frog kissing, like most worthwhile acts, is made worthwhile by the attitude that causes you to do it in the first place. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. If I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but do not have love... I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Having decided you are willing to touch a frog in the first place, you have to keep your eyes open. It sometimes takes a pretty sharp eye to spot, the, to spot the prince or princess and the frogs around you. Jesus was a master at it. We've already talked about Zacchaeus and how he something, saw something special in Zacchaeus. Take a look at the men he chose to serve as his apostles. Four fishermen and a tax collector among them. What was it that Jesus saw in Peter and led him to say, follow me? A fisherman by trade, his hands were probably as rough as the language he used when Jesus called him to be an apostle. And yet this man became a great spokesman for Christ and a leader of the early church. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, it says, Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who are in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. He then began to proclaim the gospel. And at the end of that, with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to that number that day. That's powerful. To take a fisherman and make him a fisher of men is to kiss the frog. Having spotted a frog, you have to have a good grip. Most frogs won't sit still for being kissed, and there are a lot of people who feel exactly the same way. 
Moses is a great example of this. When God called him, he was a fugitive from Pharaoh's justice, having killed an Egyptian. He was just another shepherd tending the flock that didn't even belong to him. They were his father-in-laws. Moses had no illusions about how far he had fallen. He named his first son Gershom, which is I have become an, saying, I have become an alien in a foreign land. He felt dispossessed and alone. God chose Moses to lead his people out of bondage, but Moses didn't want the job. All of Exodus chapter 3 and half of chapter 4 are about Moses trying to talk his way out of it. Why me? Who do I tell them sent me? What if they don't believe me? I'm not eloquent. Would you please just send someone else? God saw the prince in Moses, the frog, and, he, and though he had to work to bring it out, the results were amazing. If you want a nice synopsis, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 34. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 10 through 12. This was written after Moses' death and is the summary of what he accomplished. It's two short verses, but it is a powerful two short verses. Deuteronomy 34, 10 through 12. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to the whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. That's, that's a powerful thing. So if you spotted a frog and you have a good grip, what now? Well, you need to use a gentle touch. It's possible to squeeze the frog to death if you're not cautious. Anybody here remember Bugs Bunny? Bugs Bunny cartoons? I've got a couple of you out here. You'll smile when you hear this. The rest of you just play along. There was one in which Bugs Bunny meets the abominable snowman, and Daffy Duck happens to be along. Well, the abominable snowman grabs, Daff, grabs Daffy and says something along the lines of, I will name him George, and I will hug him and pet him and squeeze him. And while he's doing this, he's doing this, and this, and this. The snowman was literally killing Daffy with love. We need to be careful not to do the same thing. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. It would be fair to say that we should offer comfort, correction, admonition, and encouragement in just the same manner. That's likely why one of the qualifications of an elder is to be gentle. It is a quality all Christians should demonstrate because it is sometimes easy, all too easy, to confuse bluntness with honesty or to declare hard truths in a hard or harsh manner. The great military strategist Sun Tzu once said, it is better to capture an army than destroy it. In frog kissing, it is better to capture a heart than to destroy a spirit. Be gentle and do not crush the frog you are kissing. Perhaps most importantly, you have to be willing to accept the possibility that the prince or princess is buried too deep for one kiss, or even your kiss, to overcome the frog in some people. There used to be a saying that you had to kiss a lot of frogs to find a prince. Think of the rich young ruler. Mark's account of Jesus and the rich young ruler says that Jesus looked upon him and loved him. What that tells me is that Jesus, beyond feeling the love that he felt for all people, 
saw something unique, something special and noteworthy about that young man. Something that only required a kiss to bring it out and make it bloom. Jesus gives that kiss with the word, set aside all you have and come follow me. It is an invitation to greatness. Was the young man transformed? No. He went away sad. The prince in him was buried too much under his possessions. Yet Christ went right on kissing frogs, and so must we. What are some ways in which we can practice kissing frogs? Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 12 and 13. First Thessalonians 5, verses 12 and 13. But we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction, and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. You can draw several frog-kissing examples from here. Show respect for work well done. The verses in 1 Thessalonians refer to specifically, or specifically talk to the issue of church leadership, but the truth of the matter is this applies to everyone. We're going to be celebrating Veterans Day this week. Take the opportunity to appreciate the work that has been done, the service that has been given on your behalf. Give it not just to the veteran, but to the families of veterans, because they too are a part of that service. Offer encouragement. Paul lists encouragement among the Christian gifts with teaching, giving, and leadership in Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. He routinely encouraged the Christians in the first century church through his letters to them. All you have to do is skip through a few verses and you find constant remembrances of them in prayer, hopes for their well-being, hopes that he will be with them soon. They are words of encouragement. Be a Barnabas, a son of encouragement. Be kind and compassionate. In Ephesians 4.32, Paul writes, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And that brings us to a fourth, be patient and forgiving. The verse in Ephesians 4 specifically says to forgive as God forgave you through Christ. People make mistakes and do the wrong thing. Sometimes they do the right thing, but in the wrong way. In such circumstances, an act of forgiveness may be the kindest kiss you can give because it costs you something personally. It is an act of mercy. Frog kissing also brings out the prince and princess of all of us when we do it properly. As much as you may be giving to others, you will receive more. When we show consideration for another person, encouraging them to achieve greater things or become more than they are, we fulfill the two greatest commandments, love for our God and love for our fellow man. Frog kissing can be very rewarding. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. No container you have can be filled, or cannot be filled. It is filled to overflowing. Romans 13, 8 through 10 says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not commit murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
Let me close with this thought. God is the greatest frog kisser of all time. Romans 5.8 tells us, But God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Remember how I described frog kissing? It reflects the understanding that the best and most promising part of some people can sometimes be hidden, and it involves a willingness to act in a way that helps bring out the best in them. Our God sent his son to live among men, to die at their hands, and to rise again, all because there was something he saw in each of us that was worthy of redemption. We are all in that manner, Zacchaeus. We are all frogs. Having come to this place for a glimpse of Jesus, we invite, he invites us to make God a part of our lives and our eternity. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. In that sense, the offer of baptism is the perfect kiss because it takes us from the lost and damned condition in which we live and lifts us up to a height we could never achieve on our own. It gives us a hope of salvation. It gives us a reason to look to eternity with something other than fear. It gives us something more than we could ever achieve by ourselves. It is the perfect frog kiss because it brings out the royalty in all of us. For we are the sons and daughters of God. If you've not responded to the invitation to be baptized, then you've missed that kiss. And you've missed something very important in your life. You are not being all you could be. Rise now, confess your sins, repent of what you have done. Remember and confess that Jesus is the Son of God and your Savior, and be baptized. This is your opportunity to accept the kiss that has been offered so graciously and so great a prize. If you have received the gift of baptism, but maybe you're feeling a little more like a frog today than usual, or your life is a little more slimy in some ways than you would want it to be, this is an opportunity to step forward because there are others around you who have been through what you are going through, who may be going through what you are going through, and offer you the kiss of support that is part of our responsibility and our, and our right as Christians. Whatever your needs may be, won't you come as we stand and sing?